When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Congratulations, you have just been accepted to the college of your dreams. All that studying, the countless hours of homework, all night cram sessions, and consecutive days of panic while writing your application essays were all worth it. It's time to jump up and down and party with your friends. But unfortunately, after the euphoria of getting accepted to your favorite university wears off, reality starts to set in. Because college costs thousands of dollars. How are you going to pay for it? Maybe you're lucky enough to have received a little scholarship money, a tuition waiver here and there, but let's be honest, a college education is one of the most expensive things you'll ever buy in your life. You're 18 years old and there's really no way you can pay for this without help. Sure, you obviously apply to FAFSA, but with a loan limit for undergraduate students that sometimes barely covers tuition alone, that may not be enough. So panicked, you might turn to one of the biggest business empires in the country private loans. With so many options to choose from, you nervously pick one, praying that it will help you finance your future. So congratulations, you've been approved for a loan now too. At 18 years old, with little to no experience handling money, you're excited. All of your college tuition worries have floated away. On your first day of school, you arrive thinking you have nothing more to worry about other than making new friends, finding the best parties, and passing all of your classes, obviously. About a year into you living your best college life, you get an email. Somehow you've defaulted on your loans. And how is that even possible? You're still in college. You shouldn't have to be paying on the loans yet. Well, in the teeny tiny little fine print, there's a little clause that says the private loan company requires you to make them aware every semester that you're still in school. And if you don't, your payments will start piling up. So now what do you do? You're in college. You have money for a little bit of ramen and maybe Starbucks if you're lucky, but definitely not thousands of dollars to pay back student loans. Maybe you just choose to ignore the emails and the calls, praying it'll just go away, but they don't. And eventually the worst happens. The private loan company is now suing you for that money. And that's it. You're financially ruined and all you wanted to do was go to school. Unfortunately, this has become a sad reality for millions of Americans who have turned to private loan companies to assist them in their educational dreams. Companies sue for their money back, but even if you can make the payments, the interest is so high that your balance never moves. Oh, and some companies lie to you, making you believe that there are no other options other than to default when you run into financial difficulties. Yeah, the student loan crisis hit an all-time high, and unfortunately, it's probably a lot worse than you think. We soon see debt relief. Navient, once one of the country's largest student loan servicers, facing claims it made predatory loans, agreeing to a 1.85. 43 million borrowers have about one and a half trillion dollars in federal student loan debt. These loans, as he says, were doomed to fail from the start, and Navient knew it. 
Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about the life-sucking and horribly corrupt industry of private student loans. Now, maybe you're one of the thousands of people that was hit with the unnerving news that your student loans had been sold to some random company you never heard of about a year ago. Now, this obviously was not out of the kindness of their hearts because it's a company, and that company, Navient, had a bit of a nasty habit of scamming the United States government, taxpayers, and their customers. So what happened? Well, it all started back in 2014 when the massive private loan company, Sally Mae, decided to create Navient to focus primarily on both private and federal loans for college students. Now, you've probably heard of Sally Mae because it's the same company that decided to spend an outrageous amount of money flying roughly 100 employees off to a beach-filled free vacation in Hawaii to celebrate $1 billion in sales. On the shoreline of Maui's Wailea Beach at the luxurious Fairmont Hotel, Sally Mae executives and more than 100 of its Obviously, this is one of the most tone-deaf things in the world, considering they had to virtually ruin thousands of lives to provide for that vacation. Oh yeah, and Sally Mae is also the same company that had to pay the United States Justice Department over $60 million after they charged military service members with illegally high interest rates. Under the Service Members Civil Relief Act, those who serve are legally required to have their interest rate capped at 6%, a rule that Sally Mae chose to ignore for about a decade. Considering free or at least affordable education is one of the selling points for the military, this was one hell of a massive slap in the face. But what makes this vacation for all even more tone deaf is the fact that this same sun-filled vacation was taking place while Sally Mae's daughter company, Navient, was in multiple lawsuits brought on by over 30 states that accused the company of deceptive and abusive practices towards their borrowers. So yeah, nothing says we don't actually give a shit about putting thousands of people into crippling debt like annual company vacations to Hawaii. In 2017, the CFPB or the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau sued Navient for the belief that they had engaged in multiple malpractices regarding their borrowers. Unfortunately, in moments that many people are aware of, when money is tight or student loans just become too much to handle, Navient would lead towards making more money rather than helping their borrowers. And for years, if you went to Navient begging for a new payment plan, they steered you in a different direction. Over and over again, Navient employees would recommend forbearances to their clients who were struggling the most. Reluctantly, people agreed and let their payments fall by the wayside, hoping that maybe they could catch up on their things in the future. But while their payments were paused, their interest continued to skyrocket. Now, I'm sure that some people knew this was the risk they were taking, but some definitely didn't. Navient certainly knew what they were doing. You see, the company is actually required by law to make all payment options available to their customers. But did they do that? No, of course they didn't. Instead of making their customers aware of the option to pay their loans based on income-driven repayment plans, which would have kept their interest lower and allowed them to continue paying down their loans without struggling financially, Navient employees pushed their customers into the plan that would make the company the most money. And what's worse, they were actually instructed to do this by the senior director at Sally Mae. In 2019, an internal memo was found that read, "'Our battle cry remains, forbear them, forbear them, make them relinquish the ball. Said another way, we are very liberal with the use of forbearance once it is determined that a borrower cannot pay cash or utilize other entitlement programs.'" So yeah, These people are assholes, plain and simple. 
even if borrowers were able to sign up for income-driven repayment plans, Navient would just simply forget to send out notices when it came time for customers to recertify their financial information, which of course automatically ended their enrollment in that plan and you guessed it, also made their customers take on more interest fees. Again, increasing the debt that they owed. Oh, but there's always more, right? So in addition to purposely steering student borrowers into more debt, Navient took a page from the book of the banks responsible for the 2008 housing crash. And what do I mean by that exactly? Well, they were issuing subprime private loans to borrowers that they knew could not pay the money back. The company would purposefully issue loans to students attending private universities with low graduation rates in an effort to ensure that those very same schools could make Navient their preferred lender. Meanwhile, thousands of students and their families were trapped in loans that were almost impossible to pay back. They got away with this for over eight years and were in charge of servicing loans for over 12 million people, amounting to over $30 billion. Now that is of course, until the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau brought a lawsuit against the company in 2017. And soon after, over 39 states followed suit. Finally, it seemed like there might be some relief for the victims of Navient schemes. And in January, 2022, there was. Both the federal and state governments involved in the lawsuit proudly announced that after years of investigating the private loan scam, they had finally reached a settlement amounting to a staggering $1.8 billion owed by the company back to the borrowers. $1.7 billion in the scam loans provided by the scam company were ordered to be canceled for 66,000 borrowers. Additionally, they were instructed to pay out $95 million to the people that had been trapped in forbearance over the years. So it finally felt like there was some vindication. But of course, Navient admitted no wrongdoing in the terms of the settlement agreement. Instead, their chief legal officer, Mark Helene said, the company's decision to resolve these matters, which were based on unfound claims, allows us to avoid the additional burden, expense, time, and distraction to prevail in court. Navient is and has been continually focused on helping student loan borrowers understand and select the right payment options to fit their needs. Yeah, that memo really sounded like a group of people committed to helping its borrowers, didn't it? That didn't sound like a money hungry company actively ruining people's lives for profit at all. Hopefully some people's lives were put back together under the terms of the settlement. But unfortunately, Navient isn't the only company that has been scamming its customers. As it turns out, and I know this is surprising, pretty much all of the private loan companies have engaged in some sort of scandalous, scammy, and shitty behavior over the years. A history of lawlessness. That's what the organization Protects Borrowers says about the private student loan industry. For over a decade, multiple companies have been caught scamming their customers out of every cent they could, lying to increase debt, taking kickbacks from private institutions, and of course, so much more. To go through the variety of schemes that have taken place over the years would take literal decades. So I'm just going to go through some of the larger ones. Of course, we all know about Navient at this point, but what about lesser known institutions or companies that you may not have known even provided private student loans? Like, I don't know, Discover maybe? The massive company primarily used for credit cards has dipped its toes into the private student loan market for quite a while actually. And it practically dipped its whole foot into the scams associated with the industry. Like this company was splish splash taken a bath into these scams. 
Now, back in 2015, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau filed a lawsuit against Discover Bank after discovering that the company had been operating a variety of fraudulent transactions when it came to their private student loans. Discover, which handled roughly 800,000 private loans, repeatedly sent their customers bills with minimum payments that were excessively high. When tax season came rolling in, Discover decided to yet again screw over their borrowers. They actually refused to give their customers the proper documentation they needed to receive tax deductions for their interest. So when people were likely desperately waiting for at least some of their money back from the obsessively high interest rates charged to them, Discover decided to hide that information. And when borrowers fell behind on their payments or found themselves delinquent, which was increasingly likely considering the high minimum payments sent out on those bills, Discover would engage in excessive practices of trying to get that money back. In just one year, the company called their borrowers an astounding 150,000 times between the hours of 9 p.m. and 8 a.m. And in case you're wondering, those are usually considered no-call hours for debt collectors. And in fact, it's often considered harassment. But did Discover care? Of course not. They were trying to get that money. And in fact, they were going to get their money back however they saw fit, even by withdrawing payments from over 17,000 customers without even a simple email letting them know that money was about to be spontaneously ripped out of their accounts. Because honestly, who needs authorization when you can just break a bunch of laws and steal money out of people's accounts? Like that's not shitty behavior at all, right? At first, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau ordered them to pay about $16 million in refunds to their customers and fined them about two and a half million dollars, which again, if we're being honest here, it's really just a teeny tiny little drop in an ocean for such a massive company. 2.5 million is not going to do anything to make them stop mistreating their borrowers, especially since they were probably making way more than that with the scheming and scamming in the first place. However, the CFPB decided to go a little bit harder against Discover after they found that they had been literally stealing money from their borrowers. In December, 2021, the federal agency announced that Discover was instructed to pay an additional $10 million back to its customers and $25 million in civil penalties. It seems like every time a government agency looks into Discover's use of their student loan options, they find something else. That's not necessarily surprising when you consider the industry as a whole. There's so much more going on than people realize. The National Collegiate Student Loan Trust holds an astonishing $12 billion in private loans, making them one of the largest holders of private loan debt in the entire country. And you would hope that with over 800,000 people's livelihoods literally in their hands, they would treat that responsibly. Perhaps even with some sort of kindness. Now. Obviously, we know that's not what happened, otherwise I would not be mentioning them. Instead, the company seemed to do everything in its power to mistreat its borrowers, often suing them into submission. With over $5 billion of their loans in default in 2017, the National Collegiate Student Loan Trust was certainly not shy about sending their borrowers into collection. In fact, in less than a year, they brought 800 cases against their customers, averaging about four new cases every single day. In total, they've been involved in tens of thousands of lawsuits against their borrowers. Now, before you say something like, well, they were in default, what do you expect? Let me just stop you right there and remind you that these people weren't just casually ignoring their debts. They are normal, hardworking, everyday folks just trying to survive. 
And when you can't even afford everyday expenses like living or even basic necessities like food, high interest loans are not gonna be your top priority. Take the case of Samantha Watson, for example. Samantha was a 33-year-old mother, the first in her family to go to college and earn a degree. She took out loans to help pay for her college education, something she had been told to do her entire life, similar to many other people that found themselves in similar situations. For years, she was paying off her debts working as an executive assistant. Then suddenly her daughter got sick and everything changed for her. She quit her job to tend to her daughter. And while her new work as a nurse's aide had given her the flexibility she needed to assist her daughter, it came with quite a pay cut. So while Samantha was struggling to stay afloat and cover her family's basic living expenses, her loan payments fell by the wayside. In response, National Collegiate did what they seemed to do best. They sued her. One small problem though, the paperwork they used in their legal proceedings was a quote, mess. It included colleges she never actually attended and loans she also never took out. For a company that seems to love lawsuits, this definitely raises about a million red flags or so. When you as a company sue about 800 people per year, you would think that you'd have your shit together, but they didn't. Samantha also wasn't the only person that was faced with the double burden of a lawsuit and arguing against incorrect information being levied against her. Basically what was happening was banks would give out loans. They would then sell those loans to National Collegiate. Small problem though, the company seemingly decided to keep no records of these sales for their customers and had virtually no legal documentation that could link their borrowers with the specific debt they alone owed. So when they sued those very same customers, they did so with horrifically unorganized paperwork and just prayed people would not fight back. For literal decades, they've been doing this seemingly unnoticed, but they had some help. They relied on the debt collectors Transworld to handle all of their lawsuits who also scammed the hell out of essentially everybody. They would go after people that had debts that were too old to be collectible, conveniently forgot to check the paperwork to ensure that the debt was owed by the right person and then repeatedly lied about having personal knowledge of the account records and the consumer's debts. Eventually in 2017, they were caught. After years of levying unorganized and frankly bullshit lawsuits against their consumers, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau stepped in. In a settlement agreement, National Collegiate agreed to pay $19 million in both penalties and refunds for some of their customers. Transworld was instructed to pay $2.5 million. But don't get too excited, the settlement only included refunds for the 2000 borrowers who had continued to make payments even after being sued. So far, no one has gotten anything from this settlement as the courts go through appeal after appeal. And as far as I can tell, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is still busy going through extensive audits of all the accounts held by the company. In the meantime, people are still fighting blatantly unlawful lawsuits. Samantha was lucky enough to have hers thrown out by a judge and a class action lawsuit is in the works. Meanwhile, when you Google the company, quote, how to win a lawsuit takes up almost the first whole page of Google results. Hopefully people are catching on, but it just goes to prove that private student loan companies will do just about anything they can to get what they're owed and even what they're not, destroying thousands upon thousands of lives in the process. So how the hell did we actually get here? How are private loan companies able to operate seemingly lawlessly and make billions of dollars in the meantime? Well, before we try to answer that question conclusively and obviously continue to take a look at the wild west that is private student loan debt, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsors. 
Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist, drum roll please. There's not one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all sorts of crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and then be charged full price for. There is none of that. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, family lines start at just two lines. And all plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number and all your existing contacts too. And when you're switching, if something goes wrong or a little haywire, just make sure you call customer service. They're some of the nicest folks I've met over there at Mint Mobile, and they've always been able to help me out when I've had an issue with a phone or just usually user error, to be totally honest, that I'm too stupid to figure it out, but they've always been able to walk me through things and get me sorted and on my way. So get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash casket. That's mintmobile.com slash casket. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash casket. And then we get to the end of a long day and you're tired. I know I'm tired at the end of a long day. And you know what I don't really wanna do? Use what's left in my brain cells to figure out what I'm gonna make for dinner. That's where HelloFresh comes in. Because as your calendar starts to fill up this season, you can count on HelloFresh to get you some free time back by making cooking simple and quick. Each recipe and its pre-portioned ingredients come right to your door so you can skip the trip to the grocery store and a lot of the prep too. And they even are clearly identifying what meals are like one pan or one pot so that even cleaning is easier too, which I'm a huge fan of by the way. And with over 35 weekly recipes, there's something to please everyone. You can also easily customize your recipes by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice proteins, or even adding protein to a veggie or vegan meal. So if you're ready to get cooking this fall, make sure you go to hellofresh.com casket65 and use code casket65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com casket65 and use code casket65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I also rise today to talk about the crushing burden that student debt places on our college students. And this can be a stressful time for millions of students. And they're asking themselves, how on earth am I gonna pay off all these student loans? And that's what we're here to talk about. The student debt crisis has been a political and social talking point for nearly a decade. And with over $1.7 trillion owed from over 45 million borrowers, it's really no wonder why. We have literally seen nothing like this in history before. But the private student loans often fall by the wayside, unnoticed by prying eyes, allowing $140 billion to amass in the darkness, virtually unmonitored. When students or families are unable to rely on student federal loans, which let's be honest, also have all sorts of problems by themselves, they turn to private loans that promise them assistance in helping bridge any financial roadblock standing in the way of furthered education. After the financial crisis of 2007-2008, this dependence grew exponentially and the private loan industry expanded right with it. Suddenly, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is placed in charge of monitoring loans like private student loans, were hit with a whole new industry to keep an eye on and they've been failing horribly. Private loans have basically become the wild west of the financial sector. People turn to it in desperation and companies do virtually whatever the hell they want because no one's really watching them. And I pretty much mean that 
almost literally. There is some data available on how much debt is owed, who owes debt, and the companies that provide the loans, but that some is seriously lacking. Often, data completely overlooks lenders that aren't banks. So Navient, Sally Mae, National Collegiate, no one was watching them and they knew it too. So there is still so much in the dark about the industry. We don't know the exact interest rates, how big the market really is, co-signing rates, or even a full like display of demographics. Even when an investigation into the industry as a whole was promised to the American people, the government fell through. In 2017, the Consumer Protection Bureau dropped its investigation, meaning that we're still in the dark today. Even during the brunt of the COVID-19 pandemic, the industry went unregulated and unmonitored as borrowers were struggling to stay afloat. While those in federal loans were able to breathe a sigh of relief as their loans were placed in forbearance for almost two years with no interest building up, private borrowers were given no such luxury. Justin Lucas took out private loans with Wells Fargo for school after he was unable to receive federal loans his freshman year. His school, Texas State University, pointed him in the direction of Wells Fargo, where the interest rate is an insane 11.24%, which is nuts. Fortunately, there's a way to refinance your single loan or turn multiple loans into one loan and perhaps lower your monthly payment. At Wells Fargo, you'll work with a dedicated student loan consultant who can help you complete the application and determine what your new- In comparison, by the way, interest rates for federal loans were about 4.53% that year. When COVID-19 hit, Justin was made aware that his pay at the construction company he worked for was going to be cut by 25%. Panicked, he called Wells Fargo, hoping for some assistance and good news. But all he got was an offer to pause his loan payments for up to one month all while his interest would continue to climb. Justin is just one of the thousands that had his needs virtually ignored as COVID-19 ripped away millions of people's ability to pay loans. It was the same thing it's always been in the world of private loans, a lack of protection and monitoring. Even while banks were making bank off of people who couldn't pay during this time and risking interest rates, the private loan companies did everything in their power to make the situation worse doing you know, what these types of companies always seem to do in times of crisis, you know, lobbying the government. And for the record, we need to stop calling some of this shit lobbying and start calling it bribing, because at this point, that's it, kind of what it is, let's be honest. And sure, they were still going to make a shit ton of money off of raising interest, but many companies insinuated that the federal pause of loans cut into their profits and sapped demand for some private student loan products. And boohoo, poor them. Poor babies, they cannot have their billions of dollars. They live such a hard life. Now, even with the recent news that President Joe Biden would be offering students a long awaited chance of having some of their loans forgiven, those that borrowed from private companies, again, are left behind. Since their loans are not controlled federally, they receive none of the proposed forgiveness. In fact, private student loans are almost never forgiven. Private loans don't adhere to the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, Even if a borrower dies, private companies are not required to forgive that loan. It just gets transferred over to the next of kin to become their new financial burden. And how can they legally do that? How can someone who never applied for the loan and has nothing to do with it be threatened for not paying something they don't owe? People who rely on these loans get no help. And as we know, virtually no protections. This isn't people taking out unnecessary loans. It's usually people hoping to better their situation by going to school and getting an education. 
Instead, they're met with crippling debt and interest rates that leave them paying more and putting less of their paychecks back where they truly need it, into their pockets. So is there anything that can be done? Well, maybe, hopefully. The Protect Borrowers organization has a few recommendations that seem relatively common sense. First, hey, maybe there should be more oversight of the private student loan market. This doesn't seem like a bad idea considering I couldn't even put all the stories of corruption within 30 minutes. I couldn't even get to all the other companies that have royally screwed over their consumers. So don't worry, if your student loan company in particular wasn't mentioned, that doesn't mean that they didn't do some fuck shit, for the record. In most other industries, the government monitors smaller financial service firms. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that with student loans. Regulators should have the ability to monitor the entire industry from the federal, state, and local levels. Hopefully this would allow these scammers to be caught far before they've ruined thousands of lives. Second, there should be mandatory transparency. National Collegiate literally could not prove where their loans even originated from. They couldn't prove who owed certain debts or how long those debts had been in default. That shouldn't be a thing that happens and it definitely doesn't usually happen with major banks when they're monitored. Private student financiers should be required to release their information on the origination or performance of loans. That way we can prevent companies from just, I don't know, randomly suing people without proper documentation. And we could actually collect some data on what's really happening in this industry. Of course, these are just some solutions to mildly mitigate the corruption that runs rampant in the wild west of private student loans. The real problem is how dependent people are on them in the first place. And that unfortunately can likely only be solved by fixing the insane tuition associated with higher education in the United States. And unfortunately, as many of you are probably aware, that seems to be quite a heavy ask considering anytime someone brings it up politically, half the country seems to have a mental breakdown and absolutely fucking spiral out of control. But maybe one day things will change. Still, one thing is for sure, the private loan industry needs some regulation and it needs it now. But with all of that being said, that is where I'm ending today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest information. I wanna thank you for making it all the way to the end of the episode. It does mean a lot to me. I know like 50% of people make it to the end or whatever, but I'm grateful that you're one of them. So thank you so much for joining me. Again, I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.